Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Here comes War Brown. Hello and thank you for listening to In That Number. I am your host, Ray Hunt. You can find me on Twitter at RayHunt84. My co-host, Kevin Milverton, at Moscow Mush. You can follow the show at Number Podcast. Subscribe, rate, review. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and if you would like to drop us a line, send us an email to InThatNumberPodcast at gmail.com. On with the show. Joining us this week, we have host of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Matt Markstone, to discuss pre-season transfers, and we'll look ahead to the Burnley game. We'll have some predictions thrown in, and Matt will also have the honour of being the first guest to tackle our brand new In That Number quiz. Later, we'll be joined by Burnley writer and season ticket holder, Dan Barnes, to discuss all things Burnley. But first, let me bring in my co-host, the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton. How are you, you big wanker? All right, you baby-faced tosser. <laughs> That's a new one. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to keep it new every week. Yeah, you're a lot less hairy than uh, than last time. Last yeah, time had a haircut, had a shave. Yeah. Um, do you know actually? Um, my youngest Georgia didn't recognise me when I come out from the barbers because she's never known me to have short hair. And she, true story, she ran upstairs, put her head on her pillow, and she wouldn't talk to me for about twenty minutes. Who is a strange man in my exactly? Yeah, it was, it was quite <laughs> horrible. And I just thought, Christ, I need to. Need to grow this hair again, <laughs> but yeah, it was um quite a horrible incident for her. But yeah, how are you anyway, Kevin? Um, I, I'm uh, a little tired. 
sure you are. Yeah, tired and emotional. But yeah, uh, on a month-long sojourn. Bender. Bender, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it has been so far. I think I need to calm down a little bit. Okay, we'll, we'll discuss all that, surely, in a minute. Um, but first, I want to bring in the real star of the show, host of the Samson <laughs> Delivery Podcast, Matt Markstein. Matt, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm, if I'm a star, we're all in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, you sound, sound as chilled as, as ever. Oh, thank you. Uh, thanks, thanks for having me back on, guys. I appreciate it. That's fine. Um, are you enjoying the break from the football, or are you just eager to get it going again? You know, I get I get really antsy. I don't like sitting around, and I think I drive my family nuts because I start, you know, let's let's clean let's let's clean this area, let's get rid of this stuff, let's let's remodel this, and my wife's like, <laughs> come on, like get, get find something to do. And so now I've now I, I'm ready for it. I, I've been uh, I've been I've been missing because everybody's been able to watch the. Uh, well, not everybody, but a lot of people in the UK have been able to watch the friendlies, and I, ha- I haven't been able to, sure, so it's, yeah. I, I am missing it quite a bit. Well, I mean, you haven't taken a break from podcasting either, have you? You're still, you know, going through. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's part of, I mean, I w- otherwise I would have, I would drive them even more nuts if I wasn't doing that every week. So, um, yeah, and I, and I enjoy it, and it keeps me, I don't know, it, it keeps me kind of involved in what's going on in the team, because I really, I dislike the transfer window. I, I, I don't like getting caught up in all the, the hype and stuff like that, but it's uh, it gives me an excuse and a reason to kind of look for stories and keep the newsletter up and and stuff like that. So it's it's been it's been a good summer. Um, but like, uh, I, you know, I'll have a I'll have a weekend off here in, in a little bit, and that'll be nice too. Brilliant. Um, any plans for the summer? The rest of it? Well, I have a week left. Um, so yeah, yeah, we're actually going to go. We're we're leaving uh, tomorrow morning. So uh, I don't know midday for you guys tomorrow. Uh, and we'll head up north to Northern California and meet uh, a group of guys that um, we normally just do just go camping when it's just uh, all the guys. We were all in one of the guys' wedding, and now all of us have uh, families and kids, and so the whole family's going this time, and we're going back to the to the first ever spot we went. So um, we'll see how it goes. It could be it could be terrible. Uh, six hours in a car with my with my family, and we'll see how they do. And if we get there and it's it's terribly terribly hot or you know, there's something wrong with the river or whatever. We'll, we could be in trouble, but it, it'll it should be a really good time. Excellent. That sounds like a like a very good idea. Kev, um, anyway, how have you been? How's your? Tell us about your summer and you know what you've been up to. Um, well, yeah, I've been in Amsterdam for just over the last week, and uh, literally today just uh, landed in Belfast a couple of hours ago. I'll be here for a couple of days, and I'll be around uh, driving around. Ireland for for most of the rest of the month. Taking the wife of you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's coming over uh, on Saturday, and we're going to travel around. And then I've got an Irish language course, which I'm going to do. And then it's back to Moscow for me. Okay, so stag do. Are you allowed to yeah. say anything about it? Um, well, I survived it. Uh, surprisingly. Good start. Yeah. There was there was a lot of drinking and uh, yeah, very handily uh, organised in Amsterdam over the weekend, uh, where a lot of things converged. Uh, it, uh, Gay Pride Week started uh, at that same time, and also Saints uh, played a friendly in Rotterdam, which I managed to go to. Brilliant, amazing. We'll discuss that when. We get to the pre-season bit, but yeah, you're still uh, you're still going strong though, Kev. It's good, and I'm actually really, really because I there was a point that 
I actually thought I was going to be doing this on my own. But the fact that you're, you know, wait, <laughs> hotel room now, are, are you? I'm in the B&B in Belfast, yeah. But I did go off the radar for a few days, yeah. But yeah, I noticed I that. That's to be expected, yeah. <laughs> that, that made me panic. Stag do in Amsterdam means no, no, no footage whatsoever should be leaked. <laughs> Yeah, I need to talk uh, to Simon, because um, actually I um I did speak to Simon, said, oh, how did it go? I said, is Kev still alive? And he said, yeah, yeah, he's still there. Uh, not still there, but yeah, he's still, still, still around. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I probably was still there, but um, yeah, I've got some interesting photographs that I can show you. That Amazing. That I'm so gutted that I couldn't make it. But you know, my um, I don't even have a passport. My passport's run out. The last time I left the country was actually when I went to Moscow for your wedding. Um, and I don't think I'm going to be welcomed back there anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll be fine. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm gutted that I missed it for him. But I'm, I think Sai's planning on doing a few things in the UK, so I'll catch up with him then. And yeah. yeah. And obviously, I'm going to the wedding. Are you going to the wedding, by the way? Yeah, of course, I'm going to the wedding. Yeah. Um, yeah, trying to straight lines. Just try for the stag do, and that's it. <laughs> Big fan of the show, and uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the wedding. Huh? Cool. Okay, before we get going, I just want to say congrats to the US Women's World Cup team. Mm, begrudgingly. Begrudgingly, yeah. That was, um, did you watch it, Matt? Uh, yeah, we watched, I watched most of the matches. Um, actually, the day of the final, we, we kind of missed part of it. Uh, we found out my son was supposed to go to summer camp that morning. Uh, we had it down for a couple of weeks from then. Oh. Uh, big, uh, it, not not 100% our fault. There were the heads rolled at the at the top, and it wasn't just <laughs> us, but there was a, a mad scramble to get kids where we needed to go. And so I went from really enjoying uh, the game to uh, scrambling to try to pack a kid and get him to camp. So uh, I missed the last, um, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, but the result was there. And, and, and yeah, it, it, it felt good. I mean, the, that was the expectation, though. Anything less than, than a win was going to be a disappointment for the for the team. So uh, that's nice. Um, and now the manager's left, and that's good because she's from Portsmouth, and I'm glad she's gone. Yes, I did see that, actually. I thought, wow, that's, that's amazing. Or not, but yeah. <laughs> I liked on your most recent uh, podcast, whenever the guy mentioned Portsmouth, you, you put a little comedy horn behind it. <laughs> yeah, I felt, I felt slightly childish doing it, but I was like, I, I have to, I have to. <laughs> uh, you, should have, uh, you should have beeped it at uh, the yeah. appropriate moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe, maybe next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can say any, any words you want on, on this program, but you can't say the P word. That's Just right. market explicit for that. <laughs> this is ITN in that number news. Nice. Thanks, Kev. Um, big bit of news to start off with first. Uh, assistant manager Danny Rolls left the club under well, quite mysterious circumstances. Uh, it said that Ralph was like untroubled, and he's not actively looking for a replacement, and he's happy to do it all, and he has the support that he, you know, he already has that support. Wasn't he like the assistant from their Leipzig days as well? Do you think they've had a falling out? I don't know. We can only speculate, really, can't we? But uh, I guess it would sort of suggest that if uh, he's willing to go on his own. But yeah, I'm very. Well, I mean, I don't even know if he's left by choice or if if he was pushed. I, I've got no idea. I've, I mean, I'm guessing you guys don't. It's very little in the press release. Did you hear about it at all, Matt? I did, I did. And, uh, you know, there's not, there there wasn't a whole lot of uh, 
of information out there about it. And it, like, like you guys said, it's kind of just speculation at, at this point. But they, you know, he came over with Ralph, and I, I want to say we had to pay some sort of fee or reach an agreement um, to, to get him to come over because I think he was under contract when we when, when Ralph came aboard. But I mean, it could be it could be a, t- a lot of things. It could be maybe I think his family was still. Um, not over here yet, so maybe that was part of it. Um, and maybe it's just the the setup at the club means that the I don't know the structure of the hierarchy means that he doesn't have to be here and and he wants to go do something else. I mean, I, I'm I'm hoping what happens is he pops up as a manager somewhere else, um, mm. and that that makes it the I'll go away because I there's there's no other than not being able to get rid of some players, there's really there, there are no dark clouds hanging over the team, and I, I would I would hate for this to be one of those things where we start to look and uh, just bring back kind of uh, for me the the thing about how Kuman we we heard rumblings of of him of discontent and things like that. Uh, I just don't want anything like that hanging around. No, it's not it's not ideal timing for that, is it really? No, but on the other, on, on the other hand, I'm not particularly worried about that either. Hey, if Ralph's not worried, then then we shouldn't be right. Yeah, trust and real. Okay, so last week there was a fans forum at Staplewood where 40 or so fans had the opportunity to question uh, the panel. It's hosted by Radio Sunday's Adam Blackmore. The panel included Ralph Fassenhutl, uh, Chief Executive Martin Simmons, Chief Commercial Officer David Thomas, and Director of Football Operations Ross Wilson. And it started actually with a special appearance and a message from Nellie Gow. Um, and she, like, her English isn't at a full level, so she didn't really feel like sitting on the panel, but it, it was fine, it was all good. Um, have you have you watched this, um, Matt? Uh, I had it on. I, I mean, I, I watched it, but I was also, you know, doing dishes and cooking dinner and stuff like that. So I, I wasn't uh, completely listening. But I, I didn't really hear anything, uh, anything, anything negative. What, uh, what I guess, what kind of stood out to you guys? Um, Kev, did you hear it at all? I was gone. Oh, no, I've been out of the loop for that. Sorry. Okay. Well, if you do get a chance to go back to it, then then listen to it, Kev, because I thought um, Ralph was superb in that. He was kind of like, mm-hmm. I think that. The board were kind of waiting for a backlash, and they were like, they looked like they were sat defensively, waiting for a barrage of abuse, really. But Ralph was just kind of like there for comic relief, and he was just trying to make light of the whole situation, which was nice, and I thought he was brilliant. So if you do get a chance to watch it, then do it. It's on um, YouTube, Kev, if you want to, if you've got a spare spare hour or so, and sit down and watch it. It's quite good. Um, There's a few questions I just wanted to, you know, just go through really quickly, if I could. There was a question on how committed are the ownership? So basically they're saying that they're going to try hardest to be more transparent with the fans. Um, Mr. Gow is enthusiastic. Uh, he loves Southampton as a city and apparently he wants to retire here. He's very... <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's very passionate about the long-term future. Um, and do you know he only speaks about 10 words of English? I didn't realise it was that bad. Um, yeah, and they've already um, got a media plan uh, for the season and they're hoping to be more open with us. And this is this is a crucial. So the board has the freedom for all operations. So basically, Gales just you know put his vision out there and said, right, you take care of it. How you know? Are we happy with that? We just have to wait and see, won't we? Yeah. Um, and there was a question about fitness last season. Basically, they were saying are they going to be fitter this season? And Hassan Hurt said it's more mental strength and concentration that they need to improve on. As you know, how many goals they conceded in the last. Well, last minute of, a, of games last season, mm. saying it's more of a mental thing, uh, and spending, and they don't, they, their strategy is clear, um, they just say they're a hard-working club, they won't spend mega amounts of money, and, they, and he brought up Fulham last season, spending near £100 million, and still didn't stay in the league, 
and they're just looking for players that fit, basically. The, you know, the academy players will still be coming through. It's really, really clear. Another point that someone brought up was why they gave Mark Hughes another contract. Yes. Um, <laughs> they kind of, like, dodged the question. It was kind of like a, like, like a politician, just sort of, like, being made aware of the, the, the question, but then kind of sidestepping from it. And they were just said they were learning from their mistakes, pretty much. Um, cups, in terms of cups... Someone asked me if it was a priority. Are we expected to, you know, do we want a cup run? And Ralph had said that we, you know, when he come into the situation that we he did last season, cup was not a priority. He just had to obviously keep us up. Understandable. And he said that obviously the higher you are up in the league, the easier it is. And maybe, you know, this this season we can have a longer cup run. So I'm happy about that because a lot a lot of fans they don't really care about it as much. I, for me, I would love them to have a cup run. I'd love it. Um, yeah, I think it would give us something because we're, we're obviously not really going to challenge for anything else. Uh, was there any word about the, our mysterious new sponsor? Um, somebody asked about the, the not about the, the the sponsor as such. It was more about the the kit. Why is it so shit? <laughs> <laughs> um, it was more to do with like why has it not come out? And I'm I'm guessing it's something to do with the sponsor, but. All, the, all he said was that it's nothing to do with Under Armour and they are going to see out their seven-year contract. I think they're in the, in the third or fourth year, is that right? I can't remember. But yeah, but yeah, it's nothing to do with Under Armour. So it, to me, that seems like it's it's all the sponsor. Maybe they've been investigated. I don't know. It seems weird. Well, th- this isn't the first time we've had delays with kits with Under Armour and a sponsor, you know. Uh, I think last year's away, was a, there was an issue with the way the – the way it appeared, the Virgin Media logo, and it wound up. I don't know if you if you remember uh, the first two years. Um, I, I think with Under Armour, the away shirt always just had like an outline of the Virgin Media logo, and then last year it was back to like the full plastic thing, like it has been yes. on the home jerseys. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and that's actually like that's what I I've liked to wear the aways more often when I'm just hanging out because I don't like the plastic like the way it feels. But last year they had to go. Uh, that same bright red on it, and it just kind of looked weird. So I wonder if uh, you know maybe they don't like the way it looks on the uh, on the home shirt or on the away shirt or one of them. You know, maybe that maybe that's something, but that that's also just speculation. Well, if that is the case, then they have to change to completely change it. And I don't know if that fits under the FA regulations, or they've had to you know release their kit and have it. I don't really know how that works. Maybe they have to unsponsor it. You know. Mm. We'll just go with full Paddy Power Under Armour. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there was another question that was asked about big money transfers. Uh, why have we gone so wrong with them? Um, and do we, you know, blame the, the manager at the time? Have we got the right manager in place for them to succeed? And they're basically saying, no, you can't blame the manager for all of that. And now they have a new 10-point plan in, in, in regards to new transfers that Ralph was key in, so basically he stated all the 10 points that he needs, that they need to pass before they sign a player, which Ralph had massive um, influence in, which is nice. And this was a good one. Um, one of the fans asked the question, if you had unlimited transfer funds and money was no object, they asked Ralph, who would, who would you buy? Mm. Um, do you know who, <laughs> what he said? Mm-hmm. Okay, Say yeah. Adams and Mr. Gineppo? No, he said, I would buy Kylian Mbappe five years ago. Because he, <laughs> he only wants to buy young players that he can develop. He wants to find the hidden gem. Um, that's interesting, I think, because, you know, with no money, with money not being an object, he would 
he still would do, you know, bring up the youth players and just it's more of a it's more of a project with him. Mm. I, I think that's I think that's encouraging. Like, yeah, it, it would have been really easy to say, oh, you know, Messi of two years ago or three years ago, or, whatever, or Ronaldo or whatever, but. The fact, I mean, he's he's still chosen a player that would be expensive, and that that obviously has, um, I, I guess, talent that you can see that is that's going to put him above his peers. But he still can be worked with and be molded and be made better, probably than he is right now. And I think, I, I think if if he's willing to to do that, even if it's if money's not an object, then I can only imagine how hard he's going to work uh, with the players that he has available to him now. That's what I mean. I think it's brilliant. So I, I absolutely loved it. Really, I wasn't expecting it to be honest, but yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, and if he has got a, a new superstar youngster lined up, he's not going to let everyone know them, is he? Yeah, there you go. Um, and a quick one: they said, "Do we expect to sign any more players before the start of the season?" And he just said, "Yes." So he is expecting it. So that's good. Hopefully, a step back. Um, and just lastly, the fan zone, the plan of permissions through, and it will be in place for the Liverpool match. So they say. So live music, food. Drinks, big screen. Beers. Yep. So that's it. All going. Um, and apparently they've collaborated with Kingfisher for the new official beer, the 76 session now. So I'm guessing that will be sold in the fan zone. So yeah. Oh, I, I have a question on that. Have you have you had that before? Kingfisher I, beer. I had Kingfisher. Yeah. Mm. Have you? Not I, had n- I, I had never heard of the company or anything else what, until. Kingfisher. It, oh wow. Okay. It's a big Indian beer, isn't it? Yeah, they sell it in the um. In a lot of curry places around here. So, yeah, it's nice. It's fine. All right. Well, that's, that makes me feel better. I thought we just went with some uh, obscure startup uh, brewery somewhere. Not really. <laughs> I, I didn't actually think yeah, that. Character, <laughs> yeah, in other news, uh, Saints' youngsters have been drawn in Group D in the EFL Trophy. They, they're going to play away against Coventry, Warsaw, and Forest Green Rovers. Um, yeah, that's going to be fun to watch. Also, it's ten years since Marcus Lieber uh, took over the club, and uh, another Total Saints podcast did a really brilliant tribute to Marcus Lieber that's well worth a listen. Yeah, Callum Slattery's extended his contract until 2022. Yeah, I saw that. Nothing to add on that. Three new signings. Well, I suppose two, but you can include Danny Ings. So yeah, Danny Ings signed permanently for 20 million. Musa Gineppo from Standard Liège for 15 million, and Shay Adams from Birmingham for 15 million. What are your thoughts on the signings, Matt? I'm really excited. Uh, been really encouraged by what Adams has been able to do in uh, in, in preseason. Um, he looks like he fits the system. He looks like he's hungry to to kind of prove himself, and and I think that's great. Um, in terms of Ings. Uh, you know, we, we had to buy him. It was part of the, the deal that we had with Liverpool last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he turns out to be quite expensive. And, uh, but, but at the same time, I was talking to somebody, and, you know, you could have a full, one full Danny Ings or, or two-thirds, uh, I think, an Iosi Perez, and I think I will definitely take one full Danny Ings over that any day. So you look at what people are costing these days, and I think that's I think we did all right. Um, and then, you know, Janapo, it's – he. From, I mean, from everything I've seen so far, it looks like he's going to be uh, exciting and, and fun to watch, but he definitely looks like he's going to need to mature a little bit and maybe need to, to improve uh, in front of goal. But uh, that's what Ralph wants, and that's what that's what Ralph has there, and he's got uh, a lot of raw 
uh, a talent and a lot of raw pace, and, and I think that'll be a lot of fun. And I'm I'm really just interested in seeing how he gets worked into the team and and kind of you know what what the formation winds up looking like with with all of those attacking options that we have now, and then also including some of the guys that are on the fringes like Buffal and and uh, Ellie Nusi and and even Armstrong to to an extent. Yeah, I'm definitely excited about Musa Gineppo. But yeah, Kev, um, what do you see? Um, yeah, I think it's definitely quality over quantity this season. I think with one more signing, uh, we've got really an ideal team. I think the questions are just about whether uh, we can get rid of some of the other players uh, yeah, off sure. our books because if they're not even going to get into our Premier League squad, I don't really see the point in them being there. But of the two real new signings, I'd say, yeah, Shea Adams, definitely very exciting. Um, and, yeah, from what I saw of him live, I mean, it doesn't really come across, I don't think, on, on uh, if you're watching the videos of him, but he's a fucking unit. Yeah? Yeah, yeah he looks like a beast. That's good. That's what we want. He's quick as well. For a, if you say yeah. he's quite, you know, he's quite a beast. But someone can and he gets move so quickly. And he gets quick off the mark as well. Gets you know Shane Long style early goals. I think that's he loves an early goal. He loves an early goal. Yeah. Okay. So outgoings then. Um, Matt Target to Villa. Uh, Jack Rose Warsaw on loan. Alfie Jones has gone back out on loan to Gillingham on loan yet. Jordi uh, Classy Alkmaar. Uh, and Sam Gallagher to Blackburn. Are we sad about any of those, or was that expected? I guess the, I guess the only one that we weren't... Well, I'd say it's not really a shock, but Matt Target was probably the one that we were most sad about. Yeah. I think that happened very quickly as well. It didn't really give us a chance to get used to the idea. But it was a good deal. And for you, Matt? Yeah, I think I think the amount of money that we got for him was was, was pretty good. You know, I wasn't I wouldn't expect to to get that much money for a backup left back. You know, and I the only thing that maybe shocked me a little bit is is you think that maybe he fits the the age profile and everything else that that uh, that Ralph would have wanted, but he doesn't quite have some of the other attributes I think that uh, that we were looking for. So the fact that Bertrand. Uh, stays means that you know we have we have Vokens or Voikens or however you say his name uh, behind him. So I think that that kind of fills that in. So I, I'm okay with it. Um, I, I, I was a little disappointed he didn't come closer when he was out in the United States for me to be able to go see him and, and just wish him well um, and then throw stuff at him. But um, it was still <laughs> still fine. Um, and and I think he'll uh, talking to some guys from uh, some that support Aston Villa. I think. I think he'll fit in fine. He's going to fit the system just fine, and uh, I think it's a it's a good move because he deserves to be able to go and play uh, first team football. I think he's done his part at Saints. He's put in the work, um, sure, and, yeah. and, and unless Gareth Southgate was going to take over at Saints and just uh, decide not to play Ryan Bertrand, then I don't really think there's a there's a way for uh, for him to get into the team. <laughs> Lee James Ward Prowse on the bench as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, I want both of your thoughts on Mario Lamina. Do you know what he's been up to? In the <laughs> Kev, do you want to start? Um, I, you know, I think it's a li- it's not particularly offensive. It just just shows this kind of naivety. Um, yeah, I don't hate the man, but he's a bit of a fool, isn't he? Yeah. Um, <laughs> with his tonic, Lamina's oh, hashtag. Yeah. hashtag, yeah, and um, I just. 
love the tweet where he's um, put his kind of stock model photographs where he's just um, training in his pants, like doing sort of bicep curls. And someone <laughs> in the comments has put, yeah, mate, um, can you come round and take some pictures of me in my pants? Yeah, sure thing. <laughs> <laughs> and there's some um, little highlight reel that... Um, his CV, yeah. His CV, but it kind of shows off uh, Redmond a lot more than it does <laughs> Lamina. And again... Just the smacks of desperation that he thinks he's the, the kind of player that the top Premiership teams are all after. Well, Man but United. Are. Where are they? Well, yeah, mm. clearly. I mean, Man United is just going to bite his hand off for a contract. Obviously, um, yeah, he doesn't. Obviously, his heart's really not in it, but not in the same way as Virgin Van Dijk or. Uh, any of the others that have left uh, and yeah he's been left out of uh, pre-season along with Charlie Austin who's also put out some interesting yeah. messages I mean, I'll on come social on to, media I'll come on to Charlie Austin in a minute but Matt what, what are your thoughts on, on Mario Lamina I, I mean he's a strange dude He de- he's never yeah. I, I mean I follow him on Instagram and you know half Almost everything he does is is, in, is not in English, so it's it's hard to to follow. But um, you know, it, going I think all the way back to I think a couple Valentine's days ago, uh, there was a really you talk about like you know having your mate come around and take weird pictures. Um, he he was there with his girlfriend or wife or whatever she is, and there's you know rose petals and candles everywhere, and he's got somebody in there filming it like. <laughs> And I was just like, "What? What is happening right now? Why am I? Why am I? Why am I seeing this?" You know. <laughs> and so it doesn't surprise me that he's he's had these pictures taken. And um, I mean, to make things even weirder, somebody pointed out to me yesterday that that his girlfriend or whoever has unfollowed him and is now messaging and liking uh, all of Ian Valerie's uh, photos. So that's I did not. Hear that? Yeah. That's that's that's. Uh, I mean, that's. <laughs> We, we've descended into salacious uh, tabloid stuff, but it's pretty crazy. This is what happens when you've got a whole transfer window and only two signings. <laughs> People get interested in the soap opera that is football players, social media. Okay, so, yeah, Charlie Austin digging his heels in a bit. What, Matt, what are your thoughts on Charlie Austin? Anyway, where, do you, where do you stand with him? I think he needs to go. Um, and, and he... I'll, I'll, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe people won't agree with this, but I think he's gotten a lot of abuse from a lot of people, and I don't think that's helped at all. He's he's brought a little bit of it, of it on himself. He's, he's said some things on Twitter and whatever, but, I mean, we, we always want access. We want to know more about all these guys. We want to be able to talk to them and see what they think, and then if we don't like what they think, then we get really upset. So, um, mm. you know, it's, it's, it's difficult because I... I enjoy the access that we get to these guys on on Twitter and Instagram and things like that, but it does definitely set people up for a, uh, you know, if you have a slight disagreement and fans fans jump all over it, then it turns into this big nasty thing that maybe doesn't need to be, uh, and that never really needed to exist in the first place. Um, but at the same time, I think I don't I don't think you can let him back into the team. He doesn't seem committed enough. He doesn't seem like his his heart is in it. And, you know, um, I, I think he's got to go, and he doesn't fit the system, and quite frankly, we just got way better up top, and I don't think he's really necessary anymore. Kev, do you echo that? 
Yeah, I mean he's he's well down the ranks, isn't he, of um, of forwards? And yeah, if he doesn't want to play, I mean, what's he going to do? Sit and just collect his paychecks and um, barely turn up at training, or do the honourable thing and find a club where he can continue to play week week in week out? But I mean, playing devil's advocate a little bit here, you know, he's contracted still. So doesn't he have the right to fight for his place? He's got the right. And if somebody like West Brom want to play him every game and he doesn't want to play in the championship, then, you know, if the football club has offered him this contract, then why why doesn't he dig his heels in a bit and say, hang on a sec, you wanted me, and all of a sudden you don't. I mean, I love Charlie as a person. I think he's brilliant. I mean, he gave me the greatest moment last season, the the Arsenal goal, not the the crazy ref rant. Um, I I don't want to forget that. And... I think sometimes fans can be a bit, you know, they, one mistake or one thing said, they just jump on it straight away. I mean, when they bought him, it was like, wow, that's, you know, what a bargain. And now all of a sudden they're saying, you know, what a waste of money. I, I wouldn't say that he was a waste of money. I would say that at the time we needed somebody to come in and score goals and that's what he does. Hmm. You know, we, we were in a, we were, in, I think the team was, was different and built differently and, and I think if you're, if, if you consider looking at Ralph and moving in kind of a different direction, I think, I think you, uh, there, there, there was definitely like a, maybe an amicable way to part ways, and it hasn't happened, unfortunately. But no, I think they were trying to, but yeah, and he kind of kicked off about it, and then a lot of things were said. So yeah, it's quite a sad way to end. But a lot, I mean, I mean, I'm still with you guys. I'm just throwing an argument out there saying that he should be digging his heels in a little bit for his contract. But like you said, Kev, he is way down the pecking order, and I don't think Ralph's got a place for him. And I, I kind of wonder a little bit, you know, when he. Some of the things he did right on Twitter when he, uh, when him and Lamina were left out, and then there was a couple of exchanges where they were retweeting each other and and commenting on each other's stuff. It was just like, man, this is this is bad. Like you should just stop because it's not yeah. that's not gonna help. That's not gonna help you get a move anywhere. You know, no, but no, no manager wants to invite that into the dressing room. No, that's right. Okay, so moving off from Charlie Austin, uh, do we need to bring any more players in? Yeah, I'd say we definitely need another centre back. Um, I, I don't feel that what we've got it doesn't in, inspire me, doesn't fill me with confidence at all. Um, despite Stevenson who being back in training and playing and I don't know, I think we need just some something to invigorate us in in the back line. Sure. But I've got a feeling that it's not gonna happen. No. It's difficult. It's really difficult to find that sort of player that can you know, if, if they're still going on this ten-point plan to sign players, it's it's going to be difficult to find a you know a top-quality centre half that's young enough to yeah. mould. So yeah, I know the fans are screaming for it, but it's a lot harder than people think. Um, what about you, Matt? Do you think we need any more? Yeah, uh, I, I think the a centre back would be would be great, but to get, I'm not sure how many centre backs are out there that meet that criteria. You know, in terms mm. of of age profile and. Um, style of play and, and everything else and, and, and where they are in their development. I'm not sure that that, that, that player is, is available to us in our price range. And also this late in the window to, to bring somebody in and then have them start right away, I'm not sure that's going to happen. So um, the, 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 big, the the most unfortunate thing I, in, in this is I think that it's going to, at moments where Ralph would rather play the 4 2 2 2 um, it's going to force us to play the three four three or a three five two, and and then therefore one of those attacking options that we could have on the pitch are going to be missing then, 
And in, in recent seasons, I, I wouldn't say that's a big deal um, because our attackers weren't necessarily all that great. Um, but now I think we have enough talent that we should really be uh, defending more on the front foot, which I think Ralph wants to do. And, and I think maybe having to stir up the back is going to maybe, uh, I don't know, hamper that a little bit. And that, that's that's a little bit disappointing. But uh, at the same time, um, you know, I, I guess if it was going to be Benderak and Vestigard, Maybe as the as the starting center backs and a and a back four, um, I guess that's the best you can do. I, and, yeah. and that's I guess I don't know. No, I agree. That's a good point. Um, and where I know at the end of May we kind of like me and you, Kevin, had a big discussion about goalkeeping situation, and it doesn't seem to have been resolved. What are we going to do about the free goalkeepers next season? Oh, fuck knows. Um, I think the loan's got to be an option. If we're not selling anyone. For, for who? It could be any of them, really. No, it's mean, not, you don't think it's going to be Gunn, do you? I mean, it, let, let's just say right now that, you know, Burnley, gun starting. Who's on the bench? Yeah. That's a good question. Um, uh, McCarthy's going to be the more feasible option to sell on or to loan out. Um, so, yeah, I imagine that Forster's here for for a long while yeah yeah still something that's not resolved and also I mean again in May we had I had we, we both did we had a list of players that we want to get rid of um, Gallagher was one of them Classy was another one but the players that were still holding on to like Wesley Hooch Jack Stevens and, and Sophie and Buffal I still don't know what's going on with them but Buffal looks like he could be quite useful I mean, he yeah. scored a good goal the other day. So, Matt, in terms of um, who Stevens and Buffal, like, where are we? And are you happy with them to stay and to fight? I, I, I don't know. I think, I think, I think we're going to have, I think we're going to have issues moving guys on just a lot of times because of the wages that they're on and the contracts they've been given and the fact that a lot of teams can't afford to absorb those players. And you know, had they been good enough to go to um, you know a team that had been posting players from us in the past. Um, that would have forced those teams to pay up, and that would have been great. But now that they haven't hit those heights, uh, you know, lower lower uh, league teams or a lot of teams in Europe can't really afford to to take those on. And, the, and these guys, you know, they have a contract; they they are not obligated to move on, and and so they can they can stay and compete for a spot, and or say they are, and and get that uh, get get their paycheck each and every week. Um, and they are entitled to that because we've made that decision. But I think that's going to make I think it's going to make that tough on us to get them uh, to go. Um, Buffal I think hasn't I mean hasn't really had a chance to impress um, Hasenhutl yet. Uh, so I think that if it if there was going to be a guy out of the group that was going to do it, I would say it was probably going to be him. Um, uh, Hood I'm not sure he's he's going to be good enough. Um, Especially with with Vestergaard seems to have kind of locked down the the, the left side of the back three, and um, yeah, I, I, I can't see him getting into the team really, um, and 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 Carrillo, I, I can't see him uh, you know getting in there either. It, it just I mean, you look at the sign where we made signings. Carrillo has to look at, at Adams and go like that. They just replaced me. I should go elsewhere. I completely forgot about him. So. But he's got a goal as well, isn't he? Yeah, there's a lot. Like you said, it's it's difficult to shift these wages, isn't it? It's the, the problems that we've made before. Okay, so now going into pre-season, I don't want to you know, go through every single match. I just want to you know, quickly breeze through them. So the Altac game, 1-1. Um, 
I think the most memorable thing about that game was the Chadham's goal. I think it was quite, you know, quite a boring game. Um, a separate eleven each half: Jake Vokins, Will Smallbone, and Dan and Lundalu. Oh, and Michael Eberfemi, given 45 minutes. That was important. Uh, Preston, 3-1. Danny Ings, a couple of goals. And Vokins on the sheet as well. And the uh, one in China. I mean, I didn't, read, I didn't watch that game. But typically, the one that had all the goals, I completely missed that one out. Um, and the final one, Kevin. Let's go to you for this one, because you were at that game. So, 3-1 win. Adams, yes. Adams again, another early one. Yoshida and Bufal with the goals. So, yeah, tell us about the game. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a strange affair. Uh, obviously, there wasn't a huge number of Saints fans there. I only had one little um, away section, which was impossible to get to. But, yeah, once we were there, I mean, the first half was a bit of a treat, to be honest. A um, couple of goals, they equalised and they, uh, the shit something. But, uh, yeah, it looked very, uh, very decent indeed. Um, Again, still haven't solved this particular dilemma of whether we play three at, at the back uh, or four with that famed 4-2-2-2 two, two, two that Hassan who also loves. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we were kind of a 3-4-3 three, three for the first half and um, a 4-2-2-2 two, two, two for the second. And um, as has been the case throughout most of the last season, uh, I, I think three at the back works better. It does seem to, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, we got, I mean, it was a very strong lineup for the first half. Um, so it was, um, yeah, Bednarik, Vestergaard, and Yashiza uh, as back three, and then um, Valerie and uh, Bertrand as the wing backs, Hoiberg, Rassi, Redmond, Adams, Ings. Brilliant. I think that's the way we should be starting, and uh, Angus Gunn in goal. Mm, quite special. Um Yeah, I mean, almost. Uh, completely changed lineup for the second half. It was only the um, Vestergaard. Vestergaard was then on the stage. Yeah, um, we had Wesley Hoop back, and then yeah, a lot of youngsters in there. Vokings, um, Will Smallbone, Harrison Reed. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, I was thinking, who's that? How did Harrison Reed? Brother, uh, um, again, didn't really see much of him. You know, I, I kind of like I watched the game because it was live on Facebook. But I was at a barbecue, so it was it was on on my phone, um, and it was I was I just kept flicking in and out. To be honest, so I didn't really see a lot of it. And actually, I missed the um, Yoshida goal, which I still haven't seen yet. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a scramble. It was difficult to see who's got. We were so far um, out, but um, yeah, that was a bit of a scrappy one. Um, Bufo looked very smart. Um, Again, quick, pacey, and he, when he got that cross, I forget who it was from, um, yeah, just took his time, picked his spot, mm. and did the job. And I think that sort of composure, if he's got that, I think uh, the fact that Ralph's given him second chances so going to turn out to be a very good decision indeed. Yeah, just got to find somewhere they can slot him in. Um, yeah. Okay, then we go on Saturday. It's the last one. It's the Cologne game at home, which I am not going to now, which I'm gutted. Um, I was going to take my little girl, but I can't because of work commitments. But I'm, I mean, are we, are we thinking of seeing any of Gineppo in this game? Because I, I know he's been in training. Do we expect yeah. him to get some sort of minutes? I think he has to see him at least once before the season starts, doesn't he? 
Yeah. I mean, he's back from the African Cup of Nations. He's been back for a, a while now. Yeah, he's been um, in, he's been in Bitten. Oh right. He was it's apparently been, there's pictures of him outside the Red Lion pub. Ah. <laughs> That's good for him. Yeah, just up the road. Apparently, he was buying a house in Bitten. I was like, where's he, where's he buying a house in Bitten? Uh, if, I'll tell you what, if I was buying a house in Stanton, I'd probably buy one in Bitten, to be honest. Never. No, that's a nice, nice part of town. Yeah, I don't mind Bitten so much, but I'd probably take um, Ocean Village or Chilworth mm. or something like that. But anyway. I want to see in the action. Yeah. <laughs> Walk to work. <laughs> yeah, it's not far to go. Yeah. Um, okay, Matt. So, what have we? If anything, have we learned anything from preseason? Are we getting an inkling of you know the starting eleven for Burnley and the formation? Uh, yeah, I, th- I still think Ralph would like obviously to go with the four two 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 two. He seems to just try to uh, he seems to try to try it out you know, almost every every match. But it it looks like it, a back three is going to be likely. Um, whether it's a three four three or a three five two, it looks like the three four three has been preferred and. I think we have the players to do that. I just, I just hate to to waste a, a spot on the pitch when we can have an extra attacker out there. But we'll we'll, we'll see how that goes. But um, I think, I think for me, the most interesting thing is, is I think, uh, I think Redmond, Adams, and Ings are going to be um, as long as Ings is fit and they're all fit. I guess they're going to be the, the main three. And so to watch how they're going to interchange and, and attack and, and their their movement, I think, could be really, really good. Um, I think if we if we see kind of one of them maybe playing behind the other two instead of necessarily like uh, you know, two wide forwards and then a, 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 a like a solitary striker, I think that would be. Um, I think there's, there could be some movement there, some interchange between Redmond and Ings, and I think that could cause people problems. Um, and and, I, and I'm pretty excited about it. I, I I feel really good about the season, even though there are still questions around defense and things like that, and and nothing's necessarily set in stone. But I, I'm I'm uh, and a lot of the other people I talk to too are, are feeling pretty optimistic about everything, and, and just kind of, you know, this is this is what I think Ralph has brought to the team. That's good. Yeah, um, I agree. But I'm going to throw this out there, right? If Danny Ings stays fit, I'm going to say he scores more goals than Redmond and Adams. A little prediction for you. Okay, and um, for that reason, Adams is going to be our top scorer. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Um. Just a quick question on the, the the youngsters that are ready, or look like they're going to be ready to make the jump this season. Um, Vokin, Smallbone, Unlundalu, I think that's right, and Clara. Uh, they're the like the main standouts that we've seen in pre-season. And actually, I, put, I don't know if you saw this, but I put a, a Twitter poll out last week um, as to who's going to have the most impact this season. And Vokin's got 50% of the the result. Do you agree with that? Um, I mean, he scored, doesn't he? But um, mm. I suppose Clara. Clara but yeah, Clara, Clara really got twenty-one percent of the votes, and then and Linda mm. Lee with seventeen, and Smallbone with, with twelve. But I, I think generally that because Vokins is playing in that position where there's only one person in front of him, mm-hmm. I do think that he's going to get more minutes. Uh, you know, because injuries and suspensions to. Um, Bertrand and Vokins could be right there so I think we're going to see a lot of him this season and it could be a good one for him especially with target gone exactly that's my yeah. point yeah Clara's going to be difficult to get in well maybe not it depends how bad we are but um, yeah I think the other two will get I mean the other two will get minutes in cup games most definitely um, and a few cameos in the Premier League I reckon but yeah I, I'm 
I want to see a little bit more of Okins before, you know, I, I think he, you know, he's earned his, his way up there, so I think we will see it. So, Burnley, uh, what should we expect from Burnley, Matt? Um, oh, probably really boring football, uh, <laughs> given yeah. given how things have gone. Um, I have one particular friend who absolutely despises everything Burnley stands for, um, and uh, I think the only positive about going there early in the season is that it won't be the middle of February. It won't be completely freezing. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're if you if you have that that option, that's that's maybe a, a little bit nicer of an away day. But um, I think they're going to. Probably, I mean, they'll be at home, and so they'll be expected to kind of play, and I think that'll play into our hands. I think that the pressure that we can put on on teams right away, um, I don't look at that team, and I don't fear them kind of cutting through us and, and, and bypassing the press very often. I think they will most likely try to go a little bit long. Um, if they play two up top, we'll probably have three center backs, and we'll just head the ball back down to, to our guys and, and and take it to them, and I think that'll be, that'll be great. Um, so... I am I am actually kind of excited about the fact that we may just go out and, and impose ourselves on teams instead of being so reactionary, and that's like the, that's a big change for me. Is um, I'm someone who would have thought that in years past we would have had to have uh, adapted to every single team we played against because we weren't good enough to to have a style that we can can impose, and I think that's that's different this year. Yeah, that's another good point. Yeah, oh, okay. So me me and Kev are going to give our predictions on the score when we have Dan Barnes on. A little bit later, mm-hmm. but we're going to ask you for your score prediction. Um, I'm going to be super optimistic and say two nothing. Wow, oh, good, good, good. I like it. Okay, so um, predictions for the season. Uh, I'll start with you, Kev. Uh, where are Saints going to finish? Twelve. <laughs> Same as me, Matt. I, I was going to say twelve. Um, Yay! <laughs> what else? I think I think that's fair. I think that's I think that's a decent. You know, it's improvement over last season. Um, and I think, I mean, I'd take 14th if we were playing better football, you know. Mm. Um, if we were exciting to watch and we lost games because we have a leaky defense and we know that and we just couldn't move guys on and, and we'll eventually move them on, I, I'm, I'd be okay with that. Okay. Uh, top scorer? I'm going to go out on a limb and say Che Adams. Okay. I already said Ings. I'm sticking with Ings. If he stays fit, Ings. Matt? Uh, I have to go with Jay Adams, I think. Okay. Uh, who wins the league? We'll say it on the count of three. One, two, three. Not Liverpool. City. City, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not Liverpool. <laughs> okay, yeah. City for me again. I think Liverpool haven't had a great pre-season. There are a few injury concerns. I think Salah, Mane, Firmino, Shakiri, Keita, I think, are still injured. And I don't, I, I don't think they can... Not afford... now, Keita. <laughs> I don't think they can afford to start slow. Um, gone are the days where you can lose six or seven games and still win the league. And, you know, we saw how close yeah. it was last season. You know, just one game in it. And I think that Liverpool, I don't think they're going to be quite ready for this. They haven't spent any money. Um, and, yeah, City are just, I think, are going to just carry on where they left City, off. So City are going to the league for me. Um, actually, I've had a prediction on the top four, but I actually went a little bit further and I did the top six. So... I'm going, to, I'm going to hit you with it. Right, City are going to win the league. Liverpool second. Spurs are going to be third. United are going to be fourth. Chelsea are going to be fifth. And Arsenal sixth. And Saints seventh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, Saints are not finishing. I'm, I'm thinking 12th. But yeah, um, top four? 
you agreeing with that or disagreeing? Or Chelsea can have a really, really shocking season, like predicted. Um, yeah, I mean they've got that um, transfer embargo, haven't they? So that's not going to do them any favours. Got no Hazard. Yeah, they have, they have Christian Pulisic though. They got Pulisic, yeah, and they got they got Lampard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, what is he? What is he according to that list that came out? Is he like the you know the third or fourth best manager in the league? I forget what that guy put him down as. What? Is that right? I mean, he's not. Did, no, did, did you guys I didn't see this? know. I didn't. Okay, I got it here. Okay, uh, so we here. Here's how Mark Ogden uh, ranked the Premier League managers: uh, Pep, Klopp, Pochettino, Emery, Pellegrini, uh, Nuno, Brendan Rodgers, Sean Dyche, Roy Hodgson. Uh, Eddie Howe to round out the top 10, then Javi Gracia, Marco Silva, Dan- Daniel Farkle, Dean Smith, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, Frank Lampard is 16th, so sorry, I gave him too much credit earlier, uh, Chris Wilder 17th, Ralph Hasenhutl 18th, Steve Bruce 19th, and Graham Potter 20th. Well, I mean, I guess he's beaten Steve Bruce, that's that's a good thing we can all agree on, but what the hell, what, has he given any comments with this, or is he just... Just ranking. No, he tweeted it. He tweeted an image, and he's been getting ripped apart for it. Okay. I, I unfollowed. I unfollowed yeah. him over it. Good. Yeah. Nice. So the, the the top end's not too bad, actually. I just think um, clock's yeah. a little bit high, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I mean, give him his due. Yeah. Champions League. No fucking. Maybe you put him fifth. No, no way. No, no. I think it's just going on reputation, isn't he? Uh, what? Well, this is uh, yeah his his old reputation, but. Oh, I don't know. I don't understand how he's... St- I don't understand how Steve Bruce isn't 20th. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea, man. I have no idea. It, it wasn't Can great. we bring back Neil Warnock and stick him in there? Oh, yeah, at least there'll be another one that hasn't hurt or gets above. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Anyway... Back, uh, back to your question. Um, uh, yeah. I think after City, I reckon Spurs are going to do very well. You think Spurs are going to finish above Liverpool? Yeah, I think they will. You think this new site? I can't. I can't even remember who they say. Is it in Dembele or something? Not Isn't gonna it? try and pronounce it, but yeah. Yeah. Um, Liverpool, I still think are going to qualify to the Champions League. Uh, Arsenal, I think they're going to have a better season. Finish fourth uh, the way they always do. Uh, I think Leicester and West Ham are going to perform. Uh, Everyone's quite bigging well. up Leicester. Mm, Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, decent window. You know, uh, I I could I could see them doing okay or doing better than they have in the past couple of seasons. They, sure I don't know, I don't know if they're going to crack the top top. I don't know, they won't crack top four, but they'll they'll be in uh, in the race for the Everton Cup at least. <laughs> and where do you put United in this, Kev? Uh, Man United. I think they're going to have a bit of a, a bad time with it, to be honest. If um, Pogba's on his way out and um, Solskjaer you know, didn't have the best end to the season, I don't think he's going to have the best beginning to the season either. Well, United go and play Chelsea first game of the season. There's a, there's a cloud over Pogba, a cloud over Lukaku, but could be swapping mm. for uh, Dybala. That could be coming through any time, apparently. Lamina. And Lamina, yeah. <laughs> um, OK, Champions League. Tough one. I'll go last if you don't mind. Okay, I'm, Matt, do you want to go first? Who's going to win the Champions League? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I haven't. Uh, you, you try to think about some European teams that could that could do it. Uh, to be honest, I saw Bayern play earlier. They didn't look that great. No. Nope. Um, 
and that was one thing I was going to say, is every time I've ever watched an English team win in L.A. in this International Champions Cup, uh, they have gone on to win the league. So Arsenal should be winning the league this year. Um, uh, nobody wants to hear me say that, including my friend who's an Arsenal fan. Um, but they're going to. They, I bet you that streak ends this year. Uh, so thanks, thanks for that. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I guess I'm going to say City. I yeah. think I'm going to say City because I think Pep needs to do it. Not not necessarily that I think. Uh, and, and we'll have to see what happens with some of these other transfer windows to see if these guys actually move, you know. Uh, but Madrid looked terrible uh, recently. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll go with City and just and just kind of hope that they keep Liverpool out of all of it. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I actually went for the for the um, double for City last season. I'm going to do the same again, I think, City. I think it's going to have to happen soon. So, yeah, I've got City. I'm going to say PSG. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's not an unpopular opinion. I think with the squad they've got, I mean, sure, I mean, they've got, they've got to win it at some point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they'll be far off. Okay, now we have a real treat. Um, we've got the new segment, the On That Number Quiz, and Matt's kind enough to do the very first one for us. So you you up for this, Matt? Oh, yeah. I mean, as a teacher, I, I enjoy a good quiz. Uh, good usually I have... Yeah, my, my favourite. Excellent. Okay, right. We will get five questions, so you get a point for each, apart from the, the fifth question, which we'll explain when we get to it. Okay, so, right, we are ready. Question number one. So, in the 2014-15 season, we signed Graziano Pella from Feyenoord, but what was it, what was his shirt number? When we signed him? Mm. Or, uh, 19. I'm not going to Bang! Spot on. That's one point. Oh, Kevin, you keep, you keep an Italian of this, because I'll forget. Tell you what, I'll, I'll put in a, a ticker across or whatever. Maybe we should get a little, little sound that goes bing, or... Yeah, I'm sure you can do that. Yeah, okay. I'll see some of them around. There we go, just a second. Yeah, there we go. Tick. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> okay. Oh, just amusing myself, don't you worry. Um, okay. In 2009-2010, we signed Ricky Lambert from Bristol Rovers, but what was the transfer fee? What was the transfer fee? Mm. Oh, man. Um, I'm just going to say... Uh, a million pounds. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> He's secretly Googling it. <laughs> I didn't Google, I promise. <laughs> Spot on. So that's two. Amazing. Very good. Too. Okay, right. Question three is all about last season. What was the highest home attendance last season? Was it A, Man United, B, Arsenal, or C, Spurs? Um, United. No, it was Tottenham. Oh. So that one wrong. See, he's not Googling it, Kev. Okay. <laughs> or maybe it's lulling us into a false sense of security. Okay, so uh, for this one, I'm going to read the teams that the players uh, went between uh, to get to Southampton, and you have to name the player, okay? So the clubs are AZ Alkmaar, Lazio, Southampton, Keltafiga. One more time, read, read it one more time. Sure. Uh, AZ Alkmaar, Lazio, Southampton, and Keltafiga on loan. Oh, that's Wesley Hood. Correct. Yeah. So that's three, is that right? Yep. That's three. You got well, the tennis on wrong. Yep. Number five. Kev, would you like to explain this? Okay, so this is a who am I? Um, you've got three clues at your disposal, but only one guess. If you guess after the first clue, you get three points. If you guess after the second clue, you get two points. And if you guess after the third clue, you only get one point. 
But yeah, your one guess once it's used. Uh, if you get yeah. it wrong, you get nothing. Yeah. So Ray, do you want to give him the first clue? Yeah. Okay. Do you understand? Yeah. 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 Cool. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So clue number one. Born in December 1968, started his career at Windsor United as a striker and prolific goal scorer. He was selected to represent England at schoolboy level, scoring on his debut against Northern Ireland for three points. Would you like to have a guess or would you the second clue? Oh, no, I need, I need another clue. Okay. Kevin. Okay. Second clue for two points. He signed for Southampton in 1988, making his debut off the bench against Derby. He became a mainstay in the side, making a total of 389 appearances, with only one Premier League goal to his name. And that was against Leicester in 1997. A guess or another clue? Oh, my God. You see, you've found the weakness here. Um, i got to have another clue. This is tricky. This is tricky. I think this is for you as well, didn't it, Kev? Yes. Okay. Last clue for one point. Now considered a cult hero, he received the freedom of the city in 2014 for his notable charity work, most recently culminating in raising over £1 million for cancer research, doing seven Ironman triathlons in seven days. Franny Benali started as a striker. <laughs> yes, he yeah. did. Yeah, that's why it's free. But yeah, so one point. Well done. It was, it was almost on the second clue. It was like, oh, this could be him. But yeah. I I just wasn't I wasn't I wasn't prepared to commit yet so yeah. Oh well done. Oh well. That's brilliant. How many points did he score? Four points. Four points. Four. There you go. There's the, there's the benchmark. Not so. a bad start at all. Yeah, that's good. That's for everyone else to beat. Hopefully, it, it forces some people to try to go for that third uh, or the three point clue there and just miss it all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, I, I was when I was writing that I was like, oh, I didn't realize he was a striker, prolific striker as well. Yeah, yeah. seriously. So I thought that was going to throw a few people, but yeah. Oh, that's a lot of fun. Good, thank you. Thanks for taking part in that. No, you did You did yeah. really well. You did really well. Yeah, fair play. Yeah. Listen to him, kids. He's got a point. Yeah. Okay, I think that's about it, isn't it, Kevin? Have you got anything else that you want to say? Um, that's it. I mean, if you want a Russian phrase out of me, I mean, I'm buggered if I'm, I'm, I'm going to make one up. Uh, yeah, I think we could do a Russian phrase. What do you reckon? Uh, yeah. You up for that? No, no, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, I'm up for it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was waiting. Would, do you have anything about uh, about going camping or fishing? Yeah, there you go. Uh, I tell you what, that's a good one. Uh, it's the kind of phrase that um, wishes people good luck, like before an exam or before they're off doing something. Um, but it's a kind of hunting metaphor, and they wish you neither neither fur nor down. And that's ni puha ni pira. That's incredibly difficult. One more time? <laughs> Hang on. Two more times? Three more times? Yeah, whatever. Ni puha ni para. Ni puha ni para. Ni puha ni para. Yeah, I've just butchered that myself. as Ni puha ni para. Good luck. Um, yeah, have a brilliant camping trip. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been amazing. It's my pleasure. I, I always enjoy it, and it's nice to be able to catch up with you guys, and I'm looking forward to... Uh, which should be an exciting season, which I, I feel like they haven't said in quite a, quite a few years here. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. All aboard the Hassan Hooten Express. Absolutely. That's right. Cool, yeah, have a, good, have a good trip, Matt, and thank you once again for coming on. I know it's like really, really busy time for you, so yeah, I really, really appreciate it, so thanks very much. 
It's all good. My wife's been at the store the whole time. I'm fine. That's probably when that works out that way. Hi, I'm Matt Letizia, and thank you for listening to In That Number. Joining us now, we have Burnley fan, writer and season ticket holder Dan Barnes to preview the first game of the season for us. How are you, Dan? I'm great, thanks for having me. No worries, it's great for you to come and chat with us. Yeah, welcome. It's, uh, it's great to be on, I've uh, checked out a few episodes last season, great stuff, yeah, so happy to be here. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> oh, I can't believe that, you, you listen to them and you're still here. <laughs> oh, I've done my research, lads, what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right, so, so how are you feeling for the for the upcoming season in general? I'm feeling quite optimistic, to be honest. Yeah. Um, we. Sorry, I, I sound mean, surprised there because I, last <laughs> time I checked, Burnley were like four favourites to get relegated. Well, pretty much like that every season, so kind of used to it now. <laughs> but um, yeah, we obviously last season we got off to a really bad start. Um, trying to balance the Europa League qualifiers and we just didn't have the squad depth to do that and it took us really until the end of December to, to find our form again um, so having had the full pre-season to prepare um, properly and you know to hopefully get a bit of momentum going early in the season now I think we'll we'll get off to a, a better start And how do you feel about the pre-season that Burnley have had so far? It's been an interesting one because there's been lots of positives, but I don't think we can take too much out of it because we've been playing uh, with respect to them a lot of yeah. lower quality opposition, you know. Yeah, that's right. Um, but there's, I mean, the main positive for me is probably Chris Wood. He's been on fire. Um, we've got a bit more competition now up front, and he's really been rising to the occasion. I think he's got eight goals now in pre-season. Um, obviously you can't really take too much from those games they are just for fitness primarily but sure. it is a really good sign and you'd think that he's probably going to be a shoe in to start on the first game of the season Yeah, I think he got a hat-trick in his last time out, didn't he? Uh, he did, yeah, against Nice Yes, so I just checked that because actually when I was writing the show I, I had all the uh, pre-season games that you had and I had Crew, Port Vale, Fleetwood and Wigan written down and I missed out the Nice one <laughs> I'll just go back and check on that, and I'm glad I did, because, yeah, I almost missed that one. But So, yeah, he's, he's looking tip-top. Great, great start. Yeah, he's, uh, he's had a, well, he's had an interesting time, really, with us. He gets a bit of stick. Uh, he's quite frustrating to watch um, at times, but he does get the goals, so it, it is worth persisting with him, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, it was Crew lost 1-0. Yeah. Um, Port Vale, Fleetwood and Wigan. Yeah, what happened in the crew? Was it just, I'm guessing, you know, first one? And I don't know what the, you know, what the team was like. It must have been a completely different 11 second half, just trying to get the fitness up, not reading too yeah. much into it. Well, it was an interesting situation, actually, because we've we've started doing this now in the past couple of years. We, we basically played the crew and the Port Vale games at the same time, and we sort of split the squad Completely oh, right. in half. Oh, okay. I wasn't sent, aware of that. Yeah, we we sent half to each, and uh, really, obviously, you're not know, trying to test the uh, the fitness and and get those levels up there for the season. Oh, I think we did something. Well, I say we did something similar. We sent half the team out to Macau, and then the other the other um, well, the rest of the squad stayed and went to Dublin, didn't they, Kev? And they just That's um, they were training, not playing, but they were training and kept a decent spine of the team and uh, and sent them over to Macau. But yeah, that was just for our chairman. Nobody was really paying attention to that one. Yep, German Gower and Macau. 
<laughs> nice one, Kev. <laughs> um, right, I want to talk about your transfers in the summer. <sighs> Eric Peters, Jay Rodriguez, not really done enough. Or, you know, how do you see that? Yeah, it's been a quiet one. Um, we, I mean, I was kind of expecting it, to be honest. We we usually left feeling uh, a bit frustrated at the end of transfer windows. Um, I know that we obviously trying to manage the budget and and not risk the future of the club, but at the same time, it can can still be leaving the question like, you know, could we have done more? Um, I know a lot of fans have been, you know, crying out for like a, another midfielder to come in. Uh, we've we've not got much depth in that area. We've got Westwood and Cork who play pretty much every game last season. Uh, we've got Defoe as well, who's a quality player, but he's really injury prone. Mm. Uh, he's not had a consistent run in the side since probably two years ago. Now you're looking at, um, so I think, I mean, obviously with a few days still left in the window, maybe that is something we could pull off, and it would be looking a lot more positive. But um, although I, I, I do think the the business that we have done, it's obviously it's not particularly high profile, but I think it is solid. But it's a business. Yeah, I think Jay Rodriguez is definitely going to help you out there, but um. Is, is the money there? Uh, has the board been, you know, open with you and said this is how much we've got to spend, or is it just in your case of wait and see? Uh, there was a, I think there was a figure talked about by the board at the start of the window of about twenty-five million. Um, they've been putting a lot of money into like a brand new state-of-the-art training complex in uh, over the last couple of years. So I think they've probably still got stuff to pay off on that. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've, they've, I, I mean, it's, it's a it's, it's quite unusual, really. When when you see clubs trying to establish in the Premier League, you typically see a few players coming in on big bigger wages, and gradually you get more and more. But we've we've really tried to sort of raise the whole squad to, to an extent. Uh, we've been offering out you know lots of new contracts with with better wages and stuff, and that has gradually seen uh, the wage bill get quite a bit bigger. So I think some of the money's gone there. But you would still think we do have. Some money left over to get to get more transfers in because the the money now in the Premier League is, is crazy, isn't it? Ridiculous, yeah. So, um, sorry, Kev, go on. Yeah, I mean, are you excited about um, Jay Rodriguez uh, coming on? I mean, personally, I'm really really excited to see how he does this season. Uh, I think when he left to Southampton back in 2012, you know, he was a really promising talent. Uh, he had a, he had a really bad time with injuries, obviously, and oh, yeah, uh, that one just before the World Cup. Yeah, that's well, right. exactly. He just he just got into the England team, hadn't he, for a friendly? Mm, that's right. Yeah, really disappointing uh, because obviously, you know, him being a like a local lad, everyone everyone at Burnley was still sort of willing him to do to do well. They wanted the best for him, you know. And uh, I think since going to West Brom, he's he's, he's done pretty well. He's, I think he got twenty two goals last season in the Championship, um, mm. and he he seems to have put those injury problems behind him now, thankfully, which is which is really positive. Yeah, I still think he has a place in the Premier League team. I still think he's good yeah, enough. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I still think he's good enough for us. I um, I I, I don't know how he's going to fit into our team necessarily, though. That's the only issue because we had uh, well, I mean, we still have Matty Vidra, who is a, obviously a talented player, but it just it didn't click at all with him last season. Doesn't seem like um, anything's clicking with him. I, I always yeah. thought he was decent when he was coming through, and they, I think he went. Where did he go? Did he go to Watford at one point? 
Yeah, I think that was where he first played in the Premier League. That's right. He's, Spent he's a lot been of time at, off the uh, bench and just couldn't get settled, and I thought well, that was a bit of a waste. So yeah, yeah, and we bought him from Derby last summer. Um, I think it was a bit of a panic buy in the end, to be honest. But he is—he is a quality player, and hopefully, with a pre-season under his belt, he's going to do—he's uh, going to do well this season. Sure. Um, so yeah, um, you got Peter Crouch has retired, uh, so is John Walters, and Stephen Ward and Tom Heaton have both left. Oh, and um, Lindergaard as well, releasing Lindergaard. Right, yeah. I mean, are you sad to see any of those go in particular? Well, um, I'm still pretty shocked. Well, not shocked. It's, it's kind of been inevitable that Heaton was going to leave, but you can never really prepare yourself for that feeling. Um, he's He's been with us for six years, and he's been an absolute fan, uh, fan favourite from the start, really. I think he's a favourite for all around the league in, in general, actually. I don't yeah, think I've heard a, anybody who's said a bad word about him. Yeah, he's such a likeable guy, brilliant leader. Uh, Aston Villa have got themselves a fantastic signing there. Pretty good price as well, from what, what it seems. Yeah, I mean, I can see why they've got that price for him. He's 33 years old, he's got one year left on his contract. Um, he reported to turn down a new deal at Burnley um, a couple of months ago. And interestingly, Nick Paul just signed a new four-year deal, so I'm not sure if maybe he was made aware that you know Paul was the long-term option. But it's it is sad to see Tom go because he's, he's I mean he's contributed to two promotions. Uh, he's played in the Europa League qualifiers for us. He's had England calls up. You know he's done a lot, um, and it's not bad for a free signing back in 2013. No, that's wow. right. And you've got some funny going on going on with your your keepers there. Um, last season you had no one fit um, at all, did you? Yeah, it's a, it's, it was a strange one last summer because um, we had Pope get injured pretty much on the the very first competitive game of the season. Um, at Aberdeen in the Europa League qualifiers, he dislocated his shoulder. Oh, that was right. That was before you played us, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was even before the, the Premier League season had got underway. Mm. Um, and we we had Heaton who was out with sort of like a, a minor calf injury um, and he was in the end he was only actually out for sort of two or three weeks um, after Port got injured if I remember rightly but at that time you know Hart became available and uh, and we obviously thought it was a deal we couldn't refuse um, and in hindsight maybe it overcomplicated things and, and it wasn't needed because it, it left us with Situation last season where even when Port got fit again, he wasn't even getting in the bench. I mean, to have three goalkeepers at the club who who have played for England and yeah. who are, I mean, Hart gets a lot of stick from his time at West Ham and Torino. Obviously, he was he was having a tough time of it, but personally, I think he, he he was a lot more like his old self when he was with us. He um he didn't quite control the defence as well as he and he um he was a bit slow coming off his line. I think it was all confidence issues but uh, in terms of his shot stuffing you know he was he was right back up there again and uh, I think he was unfortunate in the end because just from a an outsider point of view it just looks like he's had a, another failure really at the club but I think he's definitely you know on, on the right track again but now is he going to get games again it's, it's a, even with Heaton gone you know we're interested in uh, uh, is it Peacock Farrell from Leeds supposedly right, yeah, yeah. Completed in the in the next day or two, so oh, wow. it is a really strange situation with our goalkeeping department. Yeah, two out and another one in. Um, if I remember rightly, Kev, wasn't this like 
you know, this stage last season that we were trying to ship out um, Fraser Forster. Yeah, there was talk of him going to Burnley, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, that's right. Burnley was sniffing around, and then they got Joe Hart instead. And I thought, oh, for Christ's sake. <laughs> really, really stopped that going through, didn't they? But yeah, so it does seem, yeah, weird, weird situation going on with the goalkeepers, for sure. Um, predictions and where you're going to finish this season. You said you were quite optimistic. How optimistic are you? Well, it's, it's a strange one, again, because obviously saying about how we, we tend not to do too much in the windows, but we've got, a, in my opinion, you know, absolutely fantastic manager in Sean Dyche. I think most everybody, people everybody will... Everybody loves him, yeah. Yeah, I think most people will recognise, you know, the incredible job that he's done since, mm, since taking over. Um, and it's very much a case where, you know, our, our squad as a whole, he seems to get more out of it than just the individual players. And uh, and obviously we saw that when we when we came seventh. Um, so if if we do start getting you know into a good run of form, getting confident, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you know if if we were to have another successful season, maybe not that high, but you know get like a top half finish or something. But then equally, you know, it is a really tough league. There's so many good teams. Um, so for all I know, it could be a struggle again. We might be fighting relegation, but. I'm going to try and be, you know, fairly optimistic and go for like a 12th place finish. <laughs> it sounds like we've got the same sort of, uh, you know, season plans. Both clubs seem to be on the same course because that's what exactly where I, what I envision Saints to be like. And it just so happens that we're playing first game of the season, so it should be really, really interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It should be an interesting clash. So, so who have we got to watch out for then? Biggest threat, yeah. Well, I think... James. There's one. There's one obvious name, and it'd be Dwight McNeil. He was absolutely superb last season. He he's a well. He, he joined us, I think, at the age of 14 after uh, being released from Man United. But he he sort of featured in the Europa League a little bit, and he looked quite promising. Um, and then for some reason he was out of the team for a few months. Came back into the first team in about December, and he was he was just so good. I, I think we probably would have gone down without him. He uh, he got some really important goals and assists, and his just his impact he had on the team. I mean, he he's got such a quality delivery on him, and uh, when you've got players like Wood and Barnes in the box, you know it's, it's an absolute dream to be playing with with someone who can just get get the ball and straight away he's looking to be putting crosses in. And you know he's, he's he's putting dangerous balls in there, not just lumping it, but he's he's really got that quality. Biggest threat from Saints? Well, it's I, I'd probably hate myself if I didn't go with Danny Hings. <laughs> he, um, <laughs> I mean, he he was another really popular figure at Turf Moor. Um, did did a lot for for our, I guess our journey to you know becoming. Uh, an established Premier League club. Whether we're there or not yet, I don't know. But he was, uh, he was really important, and we know on his day he's a quality player. I mean, last season when we played you at Turf Moor, he was, he was causing us so much uh, trouble before we, before he got injured, and uh, he, yeah, he's he's going to be, if he turns up, he's going to be a real uh, difficult player to handle. Yeah, and he's been looking. Quite good in the preseason as well. Yeah. Although I don't know, I think um, Che Adams might might cause you a bit of trouble. 
well, it'd be it'd be inevitable that he'd probably get a goal. We were <laughs> we were uh, we were interested in January, and uh, yeah, we saw that. I think I believe we bid as high as twelve million, but they obviously you know valued him a bit higher, and we weren't prepared to go there. So yeah, I'm fully expecting him to come off the bench and score. <laughs> it, it's meant to be probably. Just the fighters. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that being said. Um, yeah, what's the score going to be? How many goals are we going to see? Well, I think I think our players will know how important it is to get off to a winning start because we've got really tough uh, run of fixtures. We play um, Liverpool at home. We play no, sorry, we play Arsenal away, Wolves away, and then Liverpool at home after we've played you. So I think we'll be up for it. And I've got a backers to edge it two one. I do think there'll be goals, Ooh. and I think it'll be tight. So yeah, two one. Do you know what, Kev? Um, well, me and Kev have got a prediction battle that we had all through last season, and you just pit me, didn't you, Kev? So I'm going to start off on the right foot this time. I can't see us winning here. You know, I think, no doubt, Burnley will be looking at Saints as the winnable one. They would have penciled us in as a potential win at any time of the season, never, never mind at the start, um, yes, especially at home. So I'm going to go 1-1. Oh, OK. That would be my score. You can you can still do that. I can still do that. Um, although I yeah I really want to have a different score to start off with, just to make it interesting. Um, I do think it's going to be a draw, and I'm going to predict a repeat of last season and have a nil nil. Ah, snooze fest. Indeed. Sorry. Okay, so you've gone Dan. You've gone two one Burnley. I've gone one one, and Kev's gone nil nil. So it could be anything from zero to three goals. Yeah. <laughs> so Dan if you could pick one player for, from Southampton to have in your current Burnley setup, who would it be I think I'm going to surprise you with this one actually I'd go with James Ward-Prowse wow that Ooh, is a surprise good choice yeah, I think good. he's uh, obviously he's a talented player um, he's versatile and Deitch really values those players um, He's, he's played Jeff Hendrick, I think, in about seven positions over the last season. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But I think he's a, he's obviously a talented player. Um, and he would add that midfield depth that, that I mentioned earlier that we're crying out for a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, I think I'll go with Ward Prowse. Excellent. Good choice. Really? I mean, I, for, for Burnley, I had Heaton written down. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but, and again, um, keepers are something that we're, we don't need. But I, I'm, I'm a surfer. Yeah. I'm I'm a fan of uh, Tarkovsky, um, and I like I still like Jack Hawk, and I still like J Rod. If you had to pick one, uh, yeah, probably Tarkovsky. Yeah, he's a he's a good player, but I think he he'd be the first to admit he just at times last season he wasn't quite up to his standards. But, but yeah, he's he is. Have you, he have is you a ever player. seen Saints defend? <laughs> it's really really a weak point, and we could do with you know that would be considered an upgrade. Yeah. yeah, and for the same reason, I'm going to take Ben Mee. It's just so we can have a pairing that clearly works. Oh, I'm really glad you've said Ben Mee, honestly, because he, I, I feel like he's such an underrated player. He, I mean, he, he might not get the uh, the attention that people like Torx get because he's not, you know, he's not a ball player. He, he's not part of this new this new revolution, I guess, of playing out from the back. But you know, he's, he's defending. Uh, his bravery as well. I mean, throwing his body on the line time and time again. Yeah, he's everything you could ask for in a centre back. 
old school defending. That's what we like. Yeah, absolutely. It works. Yeah. Okay, right. Um, would you rather wear a Blackburn shirt every single day for five years or sleep in a haunted house for ten? I think I've got to go with the haunted house. <laughs> really? Yeah. So we can't be having Blackburn shirts, nah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, another one. Yeah, I think the haunted house is going to be quite full by the end of the season. Um, okay, and the last one. Uh, would you rather be twice the height of Peter Crouch or half the height of Messi? I think I've got to go with with Crouch because you know that is that is a that is a tall a tall player who who could get on the end of Dwight Manil's crosses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, here you go. Look at it like that, Kev. I mean, you could head it out of the stadium at that height, like, 13 feet. <laughs> yeah, I still, I think, you know, me and you, Dan, are the only ones that have said that the crouch, I think everybody else was going half the height of Messi. But, yeah, no, I'm still sticking with crouch. All right. Um, and, yeah, we're, we're a fan of, we're fans of fan chants here. Um, what's your favourite Burnley chant? Uh, well, we... It's a, it's a tough one. We we used to go on the uh, the away days and chant. We've only spent three quid, but now we can't really chant that anymore. <laughs> um, I probably have to keep it keep it classic. Again, I'd be be getting judged very much by other Burnley supporters listening if I didn't go with Nonny ever. It's very much like a club anthem now, um, and you'll hear it at least once every game. So yeah, got to go with that. Brilliant. Excellent, we'll be listening out for it. Yeah, thanks very much for coming on. Nah, thanks for having me, it's been great fun. Brilliant, thank you. Um, but before we let we let you go, um, I mentioned to you but just off air beforehand that um, I you know, I look forward to the Ashes, first day, first test. You know, it's one of the top things on the sporting calendar for me. Without giving anything away, can I get an Ashes prediction from you? Yeah, I think <laughs> I'm, I'm trying really carefully not to give anything away. <laughs> um, I don't want to sound pessimistic, but after the hearts of the World Cup, I am worried that there's going to be a bit of a hangover. Um, nah, I've, I've got to back England to win, though. 3-2. 3-2? Oh, you think all of them are going results? Oh, I, I don't know. I thought Australia was so bad in that 2015 series. And I thought we'd go, you know, down under and absolutely spank him again. But then, you know, it happens the other way around. So, I don't know. I just think on home soil, they can't they can't seem to beat us. So, I will say we'll win. I'm going to go 2-1. 2-1 England. I think Australia are going to whitewash us 5-0. Oh, does that mean you've seen... Oh, <laughs> see, now I'm thinking too much into this. Do you this. see what I'm doing there? I don't know either, mate. I've been travelling all day. I haven't got a clue. Oh, OK. That's fine. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading too much into this, but that's fine. Okay, anyway, yeah, thanks, Dan, for coming on. It's been really insightful. I would really look forward to the start of the season. And, yeah, now I know who to look out for. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, all the best for the season, lads. Yeah, cheers, mate. Cheers, Dan. Thank you once again to Matt Markstone and Dan Barnes for chatting to us this week. Our in that number fantasy football league is filling up quite nicely, but we could always use some more. If you would like to join or know anyone that would like to join, 
then visit fantasy.premierleague.com. Enter your team and enter the code KPPU99. That's KPPU99. We also have a Super 6 League that you're all welcome to join. To enter the league, uh, enter the code 374WVJ. That's 374WVJ. Once again, if I could ask you all to like, rate, review, it helps massively. A special mention to one in particular review on iTunes from Paul the Party DJ. Really, really appreciate the review. Thanks for the kind words. Um, Yeah, thank you very much. Um, Next week, we have Tim Marshall coming on to discuss the Burnley game with us. And we're going to preview the Liverpool game. And he's also going to, you know, take on the quiz and try and beat Matt's score of four. So, on that note, up the Saints. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.